Have you ever felt like you're your own worst enemy? That feeling of being trapped in a cycle of self-sabotage can have profound effects on our lives. It not only hinders our progress towards the life we desire, it also impacts our overall well-being and happiness. Today's guest sabotaged everything from his health to his relationships and his professional success. It wasn't that he didn't want to change. If anything, he knew exactly what he needed to do to create the life he wanted. Yet, he gets stuck in a never-ending cycle of making some progress, only then to lose motivation, fall off track, or do something that would undo all his hard work. Eventually, he had enough, and he committed to figuring out what was actually going on. In doing so, he discovered the biggest barrier in the way of his success was himself. Today, I'm talking with Byron Morrison, the author of Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life, which was just released today, June 27th, 2023. Hey there, my name is Kim, and this is my podcast, Power Up Your Performance. I believe that we have the power to rewrite our stories, change the trajectory of our lives, pour love into the world, conquer monumental challenges, and that movement can be a catalyst for change. Let's grow together. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek, and I'm so glad you're here. I loved this interview with Byron Morrison because he hits on a topic that can be problematic for all of us, self-sabotage. The sabotaging voice in our heads can be relentless bombarding us with negative self-talk and self-criticism. This constant internal dialogue can lead to feelings of anxiety, depression, and overwhelm. We become trapped in a cycle of self-defeating thoughts and emotions, which further perpetuates our self-sabotaging behaviors. And I think this is an important topic for this very reason. Constant self-sabotage erodes our self-confidence and self-belief. We begin to doubt our abilities, question our worth, and underestimate our potential. And our lack of self-confidence can hold us back from taking risks and pursuing opportunities that would ultimately be fulfilling. Self-sabotage limits our growth and prevents us from tapping into our true potential. So I'm excited to bring you this interview with Byron Morrison. Byron is the author of the book, Maybe You Should Give Up, as well as a mindset and performance coach who has helped people in 15 countries take control of their life. Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life is available anywhere you order books. Welcome to the show, Byron. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Hey, thanks for having me here. I'm really excited to be here. So you have a new book coming out this summer, Maybe You Should Give Up. I'm super intrigued by that. Can you tell us what inspired you to write the book? Yeah, so a lot of it came off my own journey of transformation, where if I take you back a few years, I was at a point in my life where I was overweight, I was struggling with confidence, I felt stuck in my career. And the worst part was I knew what I needed to turn it around, but I wasn't doing it. I constantly felt like I was my own worst enemy, where I take one step forward and two steps back. And it was only when I really started diving into mindset and psychology and why we think the way that we do that I realized that actually I was getting in my own way. I had all of these negative thoughts in my head that caused me to doubt myself, to overthink, to avoid the things I needed to do. And I was holding on to so many of these different things that was keeping me stuck. And that's really where I had the idea behind the book, because what I found was there's seven mental blocks that affect all of us in one way 
way or another that we need to break through in order to get to the next level. So the book's not about giving up on your goals and dreams. It's about giving up on everything that's holding you back and stopping you from reaching them. Yeah, I love the title because it kind of sounds like you're discouraging people, which we all know is not true. But I just love how the titles kind of like kind of like put you on the wait a second, he just said I should give up. That's the exact reaction I was going for because yeah. when I came up with that was because like the whole self-help industry is like never quit, keep pushing. And I find so many people, myself included, the reason why they're struggling is because they're just trying the same thing over and over again, hoping for different results, or they're just pressuring themselves that if they don't get it right straight away, that's why they're failing. And that's why ultimately it's a book about empowerment. It's about helping readers give up on everything that's really weighing them down. Because for me, that's how you set yourself free. Can you give us an example? You don't have to go through all seven barriers, but can you tell us what some of those mental barriers are that stand in our way? Yeah, so probably the biggest one is fear. Like when you know what you want in life, you've got this goal and this vision, but then you just don't go for it, whether you're fearing failure, rejection, not being good enough. So often we just build up all these stories in our head where we cling on to them. And that's the very thing holding us back. And that's why it's so important to understand that the life that you want to live is on the other side of that fear. But if until you actually put yourself out there to go after it, you're never going to reach your full potential or actually see who you can become. And so then just looking at fear, how would we go about unraveling that? Because we can probably look at our lives and I go, yeah, well, I'm scared. Or maybe some people are in complete denial and they don't realize that they're they're fearful. But what is the process you go through to start untangling yourself from that so that you can let go of fear? Well, the first thing you need to do is uncover what you're actually afraid of. Because like you said, some people are aware of it, but some people are oblivious. They just live in this state where they're almost paralyzed and they aren't moving forward. So you need to uncover eyes that are afraid of fear of failure, is a fear of rejection, not being good enough. Like Whatever it is that you're holding on to, you need to know. And then a lot of overcoming fear is reframing it. Because one of my favorite things to do is to really tip the scale in the other direction. Because let's say you've got a fear of failure. We need to change it in your mind to the fear of what happens if you never go for it. What if you reach the end of your life and you look back regretting never putting yourself in a situation to go after what you want? What if you never provide the right life for your family? What if you don't take action and you don't hit your revenue or your impact, whatever it is? When we can make the fear of not knowing or not achieving it more painful than the fear of failure, all of a sudden becomes more painful not to follow through than it does to stay stalled. Because a lot of the time that fear is just a mental story. You're building up in your mind as this huge ordeal, whereas actually none of that's real. All of it is is where your subconscious is tripping you up. So it's just really figuring out, okay, what are you afraid of? And then how do you put yourself in a situation to break through it? Because once you do, that's how you start building your confidence and becomes so much easier to then take further action. I like that. I like the idea of like some of the other questions that you presented there about all the things that possibly could go right instead of the things that, you know, worrying and dwelling on the things that can go wrong. Yeah, because it's depending if anyone's listening to this right now, like one of the most common mental blocks I see with people is procrastination. So maybe they're procrastinating from picking up the phone to reach out to that customer, or maybe they're procrastinating from putting that video out to grow that business or whatever it is, you've got to figure out, okay, what are you actually afraid of here? 
in those situations, it could be you're worried that if you call that customer, you'll get rejected, or you're worried if you put that video out, people are going to judge you. So you need to, you need to understand where that's actually coming from. And then you need to put yourself in the position of what are you missing out on by actually holding back? Because you don't know that that's going to happen. You're just telling yourself and convincing yourself of the outcome before you've even gone through it. And then you need to be like, okay, well, even if it does happen, is it actually the end of the world? Because so often we think like, oh, if we fail, we don't get things right. It's this catastrophe where it's, it's not actually that big a deal. So when you actually process that and you bring it into your awareness, it becomes so much easier just to be like, you know what, let me go for it. Let me see what happens. And even if I do make a mistake, all that is is a learning point. It's a reference that I can then use to grow and figure out how to improve for the future. I think I saw somewhere, and I don't know, it could have just been I saw a TikTok. Who knows what it, where I really saw this. But I think I saw somebody once recently say that they believed that procrastination was really fear of failure. Do you think that that's true? Yep. I wouldn't just say it's fear of failure, but it is fear. Because the reason why you're procrastinating is you're afraid of that future outcome. So it very well may well could be failure, but it could also be linked to the other things I've spoken about. It could be you're fearing judgment, rejection. It could even be success. Like fear of failure is something that people talk about all the time. But on the other side of that, what doesn't get as much attention is fear of success, where people are worried about what if I do this and it actually turns out? What, am I going to be able to handle those responsibilities? How is life going to change? Am I actually going to be good enough? That's why they can actually start to sabotage themselves because they're afraid of the outcome actually coming true. Huh. I'm just thinking about that one. Do you have any more examples of that? I, I haven't really thought of fear of success, but I suppose that's a thing. Yeah, it's a very real thing. It's like just on the you're when you're on the verge of that next level of success, you almost internally, without realizing, start to panic. You're like, okay, what if I actually launch this business and now all of these things to happen? I'll give you an example of this, actually, that you'll probably put into perspective. Um, I talk about this in the book, but when I'm looking at fear of success, when I first started my business as a coach nearly a decade ago, I remember the first time I got into a sales call with someone and we were talking through the process. And I, was, she, I could tell that she was close to moving forward. And part of me just started to panic. I was like, okay, if this person signs up with me, Am I actually going to be able to do this? How am I going to get this person results? Am I going to be able to deliver on what I'm talking about? There was all of this fear that started coming up. And I think she could sense it because she went from being really interested to all of a sudden not. And it's only looking back that what happened there was completely a fear of success. Like I was worried of what this actually turns out. So that's why I sabotaged myself. And that was a big lesson. Yeah. Okay. So then it's like, you think you start doing all the what ifing about if I have this success, and then your mind starts spiraling with all of the fear and doubt again. Yeah. So, and a lot of people don't realize that because they just think of fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's why, it's, for me, it's such an interesting mental block. And that's, it's not just that, it could also be of like you worried of, okay, what if you launch this and then you're not able to be around as much for your family? What if all these other things in your life start to suffer? So you just build it up in your head and then inevitably you tear it down. That makes sense. What are some other ways that you feel like we get in our own way? So the next big one for me is focusing on problems that don't happen yet. So this is something that we're all guilty of. We get this worry where we're like, oh, that's going to go wrong. And then we start putting ourselves through all of this turmoil. And one of my favorite quotes is if you stress about something before it happens, you essentially put put yourself through it twice. And this is something where 
we're all guilty of it. We just get so anxious about the future, but then we convince ourselves of outcomes before they happen, and we almost get stuck in a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, one of the examples I um, give in the book is a client I was working with who he was really nervous about doing presentations. So before the presentation, he would then get in his own head. He'd hype it up, convince himself it wasn't going to go well, or this anxious energy would build up. Then he'd go into it, and his actions, the way he talked, all of it would come into alignment, and it would be a catastrophe. And it was only when he was really understanding that he was worrying about stuff and causing it on himself. And this is why, for me, it's so important to understand what you're actually worried about. Because all that energy you're spending focusing on the problem, if you give up on doing that and you stop putting it into focusing on solutions, that's how you can actually get under control. Very interesting. Can you give us an example? You talk about how you um, teach in the book cycle-breaking techniques, techniques that can help us get out of our own way and empower us so that we stop sabotaging ourselves. Yeah. So in all of these, in every different section, there's different techniques that are all about breaking your current patterns and behaviors. So one of my favorite ones is comes up in section number four, where uh, one of the biggest reasons I find that people don't achieve their goals is they prioritize what they want now at the expense of what they want most. So you've got to break this negative pattern to giving into impulse or what you want in the moment or for prioritizing pleasure. Mm. And that comes in of you developing the mindset where you think five steps ahead. You always start to look at decisions based on where you're trying to get to. Um, so there's a decision-making framework I'd love to just run you through because I think this is so powerful yeah. for anyone listening to this. So every choice and action you make in life has a bigger consequence to ultimately the results that you're going to get. But most people live their life based on in the now, first order consequences with no thought as to what else is coming. So I'll give you a really easy to follow health example. Let's say there's a guy called Gary. And at the end of a long day, he wants a bar of chocolate because it makes him feel good. Now, if that was the full story, it'll be a good one because Gary has his chocolate bar and he's happy. But if we look at the further consequences that happen as a result, the second one could be Gary, who struggled with weight his whole life, continues gaining weight. The third one could be he struggles with confidence and because of it holds himself back in his career. The fourth one is he doesn't get the success that he wants, so doesn't provide the right life for his family. And the fifth one is he dies young with health problems. Now, that's no doubt going to the extreme, but it proves the point because every action and decision you make, even if it seems inconsequential, can have a massive impact on your longevity in life. And this is why the cycle breaking is in getting you out of just focusing on what's happening in the moment and figuring out, okay, what's the consequence if I keep doing this? How do I start making decisions based on where I want to get to? Because the biggest payoffs in life, they require sacrifice. They mean that you have to give up on what you want in the moment and you prioritize what you want more. And this is a level of thinking that very few people have, but ultimately it's going to determine your results where you really start thinking a few steps ahead. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I know this is like such a super small example of what you're talking about, but I decided to take on this huge challenge this summer. I'm going to do a 340-mile kayak race across the state of Missouri. And it's, I think, the world's lar longest endurance race. And so every time I look at my calendar and I think, oh, I want to sign up for a triathlon. And then I go, oh, but that, that triathlon date conflicts with this practice race that I have to sign up for. And so I keep looking ahead to, oh, the bigger picture for my summer is being able to survive this endurance race. So when I plan my summer out, I have to pick the things that support that instead of 
going off and, oh, this thing looks fun instead. I think I'll do that. Yeah. It's just about having that long-term awareness. And the reason why I love this framework is it applies to everything, whether it's you pl- planning your race or just in the day-to-day when you've got decisions you need to make, whether it's having that tough conversation, working on that report, taking action in your business, or even hitting the gym. If you're just looking at the action in isolation, you're never going to want to do it because it's uncomfortable. So you have to look at what are the consequences, good and bad, of you doing it. Let's say you have to have a tough conversation. If you finally push yourself to face it, then you can get clarity on what's going on. You can move forward. You can resolve problems, which could lead to further growth. Whereas if you continue putting it off, that can lead someone to continue being toxic in your work environment, could lead to further issues, breakdowns in your team. And then that can make you fall short of revenue goals or anything else. So it's looking at the consequences, good and bad, because sometimes they're positive. Like if you face this uncomfortable action, like for you, I imagine wanting to go out and train for this kayak thing is not something you want to do every single day. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go through the mindset, if, if I train for this, I'm going to get a better time and I'm going to perform better and use that as your reason to push yourself. Yeah, I can see too where the, the framework you're talking about also works with just how you choose to spend your time, you know. Is your family important to you, which is more important based on what your values are, deciding are you going to spend time with your kids today or are you going to go off and fly off to another meeting that you can decide whether or not that has more value or not. But I mean, just kind of weighing all of those things into what your overall values are and what's important in your life. Exactly that, because it could be a case of you have a load of stuff to do today and you're like, okay, I'm just going to work late tonight. Well, then you've got to ask yourself, like the consequence of doing that, not having the right boundary or expectation in place is that could mean further problems with your spouse. It could mean missing out on time with your kids. Whatever it is, you have to look at the bigger picture and then make a decision. Is that actually worth it? Uh, Is what you're giving up worth what you're gaining by continuing with this action? Let's talk a little bit about habits, because I always think that habits are an interesting topic because we're always taught that you have to develop habits to have a successful lifestyle. And you don't necessarily believe that it's all about habits, right? Habits are massively important, but I think it's developing the right habits. Because in my experience, the biggest reason why most people don't achieve their goals is they focus too much on what they want and they don't figure out who they need to become to make it happen. And this is why you have to understand that every new level of success requires a new level of you. So your current habits, your behaviors, your way of doing things that got you to where you are isn't going to get you to the next level. And that's why for anyone listening to this right now who may be feeling a little bit stagnant or stuck in their life, it's probably because of your current way of doing things. And that's why you really need to take the time to figure out, okay, if that's your vision and the life you want to be living, who's the version of you that made it happen? And then really reverse engineer it. Really ask yourself, like, what did they do to get there? What habits did they develop? What routines did they create? What did they non-negotiables did they follow through with every single day? And that's going to give you a roadmap to then figure out, okay, that's who I need to become in order to turn this into a reality. But then you need to start pushing yourself to actually develop those habits and behaviors and holding yourself to the standard that you follow through with them. That is ultimately what is going to get you there. But like I said, it depends on the right habits. So it's not your current ones. It's the habits you need to develop of the person you want to be. Very good point. And I realized I said that wrong. I was thinking about how grit and willpower don't work, not the habits. But you are right, I think, too. I I love that spin that you put on what I said wrong, too, is like you have to have the right habits. But can you tell us why grit and willpower don't necessarily work, too? Yeah, because you're relying too much on feelings. 
like if you just hope that you feel like doing something, it's never going to happen. Like this is why it's so anyone can take action on the days they feel off, feel motivated. It's on the days that you don't that really determine your results. And this is why I love what I just said to you a few minutes ago of figuring out who you want to become, mm-hmm. because you need to start holding yourself to the standard of doing what that person's doing. So in the moment you don't feel like taking action, you have to stop and ask yourself, what would the person I want to become do right now? Would they make excuses? Would they put it off? Or would they push themselves to take action? Then willpower, grit, what you feel like doing doesn't even come into the picture. It's just you are basing your actions and your decisions on the person you want to be. And that's how you'll start changing your life. Now, what if somebody doesn't really know? Because I, I hear that advice a lot about act like the person you want to become. What if somebody doesn't have enough sense of maybe they don't have the right role models? I don't know, just, but they don't have the right sense of what are those habits that the successful person it, that I want to become has? How do you start to figure out where, where your behavior should change? So you firstly got to know what you want, because if you don't have a clear goal or vision, or you don't at least have an idea of what you want your life to look like, you're not going to be able to figure it out. Because if you don't have a target to aim for, you're going to miss. So that's the advice I'll give to anyone here. Like if you aren't sure about any of this, ask yourself, like, where do you want to be in 90 days? Rather than worrying about five years from now, just break it down. Like, what do you want to do like 90 days from now? Something that feels tangible. And then ask yourself, okay, if that's what I want life to look like in my relationships, in my health, in my career, business, whatever it is, what would the version of me that made that happen look like? And then you can just like close your eyes, visualize it and be like, okay, if I'm earning that amount of money, if I'm having that connection in my relationship, if I'm looking like that in my health, what would I have done in order to make that happen? And then just write down, just be like, this is my vision of what I want to achieve and what I'd need to happen. And you'll have insights there to start with. And then you can be like, okay, based on that, what is the first thing I need to do? What step do I need to take to start making progress? But it all begins with actually having clarity on what you want, because without that, you're not going to be moving forward. Yeah, I think that's actually a really great point in terms of, you know, you hear that advice about act like the person you want to become. But then I think a lot of us forget to break it down into those baby steps. Like you don't have to know how to get to become the person you want to be five years from now. You just have to figure out who you want to be 30 days from now or maybe even next week depending on what your challenge is that you're trying to overcome. If anything, that's easier because I find this goes against like some of the advice out there is people always talk about figure out where you want to be five years or a year from now. And for me, life can change too much. Like there's just too much up in the air. And that's why whether it's in the book or my clients or just myself, like I always work in 90 day cycles. It's always figuring out, okay, where do you want to be 90 days from now? Because it feels tangible. And then you can reverse engineer and you can be like, okay, that's where I want to be in 90 days. What's the first thing I need to do? What action based on that? Where do I want to be in a week? Do you feel like I've made progress? You can then break it down, see what worked, what didn't. You can realign and then start making progress. And if that's still too overwhelming, which for some people it is, which is perfectly fine, it's just figuring out, okay, if I want to be there, what do I need to do today to move forward? Just focus on a micro. What small action do you need to take to build momentum. Do that for a few days or a week or two. And that's how your confidence is going to go up and you're going to have made so much progress, which is the complete opposite to what most people do is they get overwhelmed and then they do nothing. 
Right. Um, so then what does somebody do if they are somebody who gets overwhelmed or they're not in the habit of following through with things? And they're like, okay, I really like what you're saying. I'm going to go all in for a week. What do they need to reinforce those behaviors so that that week turns into a month, which turns into a year? The first thing they need is a plan. Like 99.9% .9 of the time when someone tells me they're overwhelmed, it's because they're underplanned. They've got all of these racing thoughts in their head, but they don't know what's actually going on. And this is why you need to sit down and figure out and write it down and be like, okay, if this is what I want to do for the next week or month, what actions do I need to take? What is my game plan here of how I need to approach it? The next thing they need to do is figure out, okay, how do they keep this top of mind? Because if you go back to like New Year's resolution as an example, they get really motivated. They want to change. They set their goals. And then life gets in the way and they forget about it and they just fall off track. So what I would want people to commit to do is every single day, start your day with reminding yourself, what are you doing and why? What is it you're trying to achieve? So you keep those goals top of mind and then you need to schedule it. Because if you don't plan for it or schedule it in, it's never going to happen. So let's say... As an easy example, someone wants to start exercising, when can you schedule time in your day to make it happen? And then you need to think about what can you do to trigger it? So is it a case of you need to set a calendar invite for yourself, an alarm on your phone 30 minutes before to remind you when to do it? You need to do have something in place to act as a conscious alert to be like, it's time to follow through. And then you need to push yourself to take action. A lot of the time we overthink and we procrastinate and you've just got to be like, countdown from, okay, I don't want to do it, but I'm just going to get it done and future pace yourself and be like, I know I'm going to feel better when I get through this and push yourself to follow through. It's not easy, but if you continue doing that, that's how you're going to build some momentum. I like that. I also like the idea of maybe using a journal. I know when I am doing like running, when you're training for a race, or maybe you have had some time off because you got injured and it feels like you're starting from scratch all over again. I like to be able to go back through those journal entries that I had before and go, you know what? I can do this. And I did like it. And it's not going to be hard for too much longer. I just have to get through this. Yep. I love journaling. And yeah, I think that's such a powerful a tool. It's also because you forget where you were because you normalize what you repeatedly do. So the life that you're living now, you're just so used to it, it comes second nature, whereas you forgot where you are three, six, 12 months ago. And this is why one thing I always say to clients is we keep journals and reflections of the work we do together, because I say to them, you coming in right now with these problems, when we get on top of them, you're going to have forgotten about them. Like I'll regularly have people that come in with this huge issue that's crippling them with anxiety or pressure and it just feels out of control. They get on top of it and six weeks later, they forget about it. It's no longer something that they even remember was an issue for them because they've normalized their new reality. And this is why I find for a lot of people, they really undersell their progress. So they forget where they were at the beginning and then they feel bad about themselves that so they should be further along. And then they get into this self-defeating loop of being themselves up. And that's why, like you said, it's just having that journal and reference point to be like, that's where I was. This is where I am now. And that's amazing. And just giving yourself that credit and confidence boost. Wow, that sounds so much cooler the way you said it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Everybody <laughs> needs a journal. Yeah, I love that. Um, let me see. What else have we not talked about? Have you said everything you want to say on the podcast about why do most people not achieve their goals? So it goes back to those seven mental blocks. Because like I said, ultimately, the way that I've designed the book 
is if you imagine it like you're hiking up a hill and you've got a bag of rocks in your back and these are weighing you down and stopping you from moving forward. Well, each section of the book is all about helping you remove one of those rocks so you feel lighter with every step. So it's these, and I've designed them as boulders, which are the really heavy ones, which is like fear and reacting to the world around you. Then the slightly smaller ones are focusing on problems that haven't happened yet and fixating on the future. Then you get onto the even lighter ones, which are beating yourself up and comparing yourself to other people. And all of that sets you up to a point where ultimately the final step in the journey is prioritizing your happiness. Because for me, if you're not happy in what you're doing, then what's the point? And I think this is something that we're all guilty of. We all live our life in this being like, once I achieve this, then I'll be happy. Or once this happens, then I'll take more time off, spend it with my family, focus on my health. But isn't that what you said the time before and the time before that? So it's like ultimately about just getting you out of your own way so that you can reach a point in your life where you're fulfilled in what you're doing, where you can go to bed at night being happy in yourself. How do you break that cycle of chasing happiness? Because we're always like, I'll be happy when, just like you said, I'll be happy when I achieve this. I'll be happy when I do this. But that's it just always keeps building. So how yeah. do you break that cycle so that you are just happy and fulfilled? It starts with recognizing that happiness doesn't come from some end result off in the future. And instead, as cheesy as it sounds, happiness comes from the journey. And the journey takes place in the present. And that's why finding happiness is all about intention. It's about you being present in more moments and you slowing down and feel connected with what you're doing and you actually being aware of what's happening. Because that way, even the most mundane things in life can bring you joy. And like I use one of the examples in um, the book where um, about a year ago, my dog, who's basically like my child, had a really bad stroke. And we basically took him to the vet and um, they said, like, you're going to have to put him to sleep. They were like, he's like done. And we were just like, no, we're not going to give up on him yet. I took him home and I nursed him back to health. And within about a month, he pretty much made a full recovery. So like, he's still doing incredible. Like he's hopping along and walking a bit funny, but he's pretty much back to his old self. And that for me was just one of these wake up calls where now even stuff like take him out to go to the uh, toilet just as this moment where I can be there and I'm present and I'm grateful for it. And it's just recognizing that life is how we deal, live in moments. It's a slowing down and just like being there in the present moment and just enjoying it for what it is, the good and the bad. Because people are always so caught up in whether it's the past or the future and everything going on. But when you really start just being like, this is what's going on right now, that's how you can find happiness. And like I said, for me, it's just like simple things is go taking for, for a small walk. It's just something that I can take in the fresh air and the environment and just really be happy that I'm there. Whereas in the past, I might have been like, I need to get back to work and just rushing and just worrying about everything going on. So it's just like, but you don't need something tra like traumatic to happen in your life to get this wake up call. You can just realize right now, do you know what? I need to slow down more. When I go home tonight, I need to be present with my partner. I need to actually listen about that day. I need to enjoy the time with your family or whatever it is, or even going to the gym and having that workout or whatever you want to do. It's just being there. That's how you find happiness. I love that because again, you've broken down something that we all know, but things that are easy to forget about just zooming back out and looking at the baby, all the baby steps, like, obviously, you're going to find happiness, enjoying the journey and being present. I mean, that makes so much sense. But I think we forget about that. But then so my next question is, 
how do you balance being present in the moment with all of these goals that you have? Because I could see where I would be so content to, oh, I'm present in the moment. I'm going to talk to Byron all day long, or I'm present in the moment. I'm going to walk my dog and just like forget about everything else that I have to do. Forget about the outside world. I'm just going to walk my dog all day and go to the lake and enjoy nature and, you know, like forget about all of my responsibilities. And so I know you're not saying that, but how do you find the balance of what you want to do in the moment versus what you need to do for your success? It comes again back to being present for what you need to do to create the life that you want. It's like focusing on, okay, if this is what I want to build, the business, career, whatever it is, these are the actions I need to take to move it forward. Because for me, a lot of happiness is coming from you showing up and knowing that you did your best. It's being able to go to bed at night knowing that you are actually taking actions to create the life that you want. Because if you just were spending your day doing things you wanted to do and walking the dog and like, eventually you would start having a situation where you'd be putting all the stress on yourself or you would start getting unfulfilled because you're like, what's missing? So it's all about figuring out what you want in life and then allowing yourself to go after it and doing that with intention. And the reason why I love that definition of happiness being you showing up as the best version of yourself is it grows with you as your goals evolve and the life you want to do moves forward. You're constantly growing with it. And that's why ultimately it's like, can you go to bed at night knowing that where you spent your time and the people you spent it with and the actions you took furthered your journey towards where you want to be? And using that as an intention to guide you in where you are, what you actually do. Yeah, I like that. I think that that is a really good question to ask yourself at the beginning or the end of every day, too, just as a checkup. Yeah, those are some of the things I ask myself every morning. Like I always future pace my day. And I ask myself, like, what would I need to got done by 6 p.m. tonight for today to be a success? And I use that then to prioritize my time. And then I also look at stuff like, what do I need to do today to bring me joy? Because in the past, I was so focused on business and career that a lot of the time it came at the expense of my happiness. So I really think about it with intention of what do I also need to set aside time for today to bring that happiness in, to find that little bit of balance. Even if it is just taking my dog for a walk at lunchtime and blocking that off, it's something that I actively prioritize. Because if you're not intentional with what you're doing, you're just going to spend your life in reactive problems where everything feels out of your control. Whereas when you take that few minutes just to recalibrate and be like, okay, what do I actually want to get out of today? How do I want to feel by the end of it? And then you use that to guide you in what you do. It becomes so much easier to feel intentional. So what do you say to whether it's a busy, like let's say stay-at-home parent who has massive chaos with the little kids coming up all day, or it could be that busy executive too, who they just feel like their life is spinning out of control. How do they slow down and start implementing some of these things and stop reacting? That's actually the first section of the book. It's because if you don't get out of a reactive state, you're never going to make progress. And that's why everyone listening to this needs to understand that for most people, they're in a state of mind where life is happening to them. Everything they're doing is reacting to problems or issues and challenges in their life. And ultimately, at the end of the day, there's a huge difference between a reaction and a response. A reaction is driven by emotion. It's impulsive, whereas a response is calculated and controlled. And that's why if you want to break that cycle, you have to start forcing yourself to slow down. When something goes wrong, let's say you start getting stressed or angry or overwhelmed, 
instead of allowing that just to take over, you have to force yourself to stop. Imagine that you're mentally taking a step back and then ask yourself, what's going on here? Why am I reacting this way? Why am I feeling like this? What is happening? And what do I need to do about it to get under control? Because a lot of the time when we go into a reactive state, we're focusing on problems or the past. Whereas when you slow down, then you can shift that focus towards solutions. This issue is going to be the same regardless. So you can either get stressed by it and focus on something you can't change, or you can shift your focus to what you need to do to move forward. Same problem, different mindset, different outcome. And this is really about getting out of that reaction. Because if you're always on that roller coaster ride of ups and downs, you're never going to be able to follow through. Yeah, very, very smart. Okay, so tell us when the book comes out. So the book's out June 27th. And like I said, it's called Maybe You Should Give Up Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life. And it's available now to pre-order anywhere that you can get books. And do you have anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask you about? Yeah, one of the big messages I would just like to leave listeners with is one of the big lessons that I learned after my dad's cancer and looking at my own life was that I'd spent so much time watching from the sidelines and holding myself back from going after what I wanted. And one of the harsh realities I was faced with is that so many people are going to wake up at 65, they're going to look back at the life that they could have lived, the chances they didn't take, and they're going to be thinking, what if? And that's why I know that your dreams are scary. I know that what life is full of challenges. But at the end of the day, what's far more terrifying than failure, than rejection or not getting it right, is regret. And that's why I just want to push people to go after the life that they want to live. Because at the end of the day, you're going to regret the things that you don't do far more than the things that you do do. So have some belief in yourself. Put yourself out there and just go after what you want because you're far more capable than you're giving yourself credit for. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so great and best luck. Good luck with the book. Thank you for having me and let me share this message. Thank you for joining me for season four of Power Up Your Performance. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend, rate, review, and follow. Dream big and get out there and explore.